Walking away isn't easy. Tonight on Real Girlfriends Across America, we discuss toxic relationships, and it is okay to walk away. Lifelong friendships with women across the globe. We broadcast Sunday through Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We always want to hear from you, and we're always looking for great topics. Tonight, we have Corinne, Kay, Tawanda, and Amanda on the line, and we're going to be discussing toxic relationships and let you know that it is okay to walk away. So let's get started. So toxic people thrive on control. And I'm not talking about the loving, healthy control that attempts to uh, keep everybody safe and healthy and happy. We, um, like, you know, hey, wear sunscreen or buckle your seatbelt or be nice to people. Um, we're talking about the toxic people that do and say things um, that because of trying to keep people small and diminish them, um, put down their self-esteem and, and make, you know, make their personalities change to basically keep them under control. Most people have met people like this um, and a lot of us have been unfortunate enough to either have a family member, a spouse, um, a friend who is toxic. And it can be one of the hardest situations to walk away from because, um, you know, all of us want love and we crave love as, as humans. And when you think that you have love, you think that you can, uh, you know, go to the ends of the earth and, and beat down all the demons, but that's not always the case. The toxic people criticize, they judge, and they oppress their, their victims. Um, they lack empathy, they lack respect, they're usually not very kind and not compassionate. Um, key traits that uh, usually would be in any, any good or healthy relationship. So I want to know from you ladies, if you have a time where you had to deal with a toxic person, whether it be a family member, a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, um, Corinne, let's start with you and tell us about a toxic relationship that, you, that you've been in. I think that any relationship that I ended maybe was a toxic relationship, maybe um, both of my marriages um, were toxic to an extent um, because I don't feel like I was my, I, I worked in my true capacity or I was at my happiness, a happiest when I was in those situations or relationships. So what do you think, if you think back, what do you think some of the red flags were that you ignored at that time? Like, you know, a lot of us go through denial. Um, what do you think that the red flags are that you look for now in people? Um, I think that dishonesty um, definitely is big on my list. Um, if I can't trust you, then that's a problem. Um, I think that 
also if someone is maybe misleading, um, I guess that's under honesty as well. Um, but those are, are red flags for me in any relationship, uh, a love relationship or a platonic one. No, yes, those are very good. All right, Kay, what about you? Can you tell us about a time that you were in a one or more toxic relationships and um, who was that toxic person and, and how did they how were they able to control you? Give us some examples of um, how they tried to control you or did. Oh boy. Um, I've, I've had a couple different toxic relationships, mostly friendships throughout my life. Um, I was, I've been in one or two toxic relationships, but um, when I've had toxic friendships, I mean, it's just, it, 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 one, I, okay, I'll tell, I'll talk about two experiences I had. I had one person who was my best friend for years. I met her when I was 19 and up until 2015, I considered her my best friend. So it was a long time. And, um, she, at first she was like a super positive person um and then just over time she experienced a lot of trauma a lot of you know things that happened to her some of which were not under her control some things that were and it changed her like she became a different person and as she became a different than sort of the way she treated me and the way she our, our friendship changed as she changed yeah and by the end, by the time I I sort of ended the friendship, it was because, um, like like when we would have conversations, I would just leave the 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 front the the conversation feeling awful, like yeah, feeling really horrible and crappy all the time. And I'm like, why do I feel like this all? The time? I don't understand why I'm feeling like this all the time. This is not what a friendship is supposed to be. Um, so I ended up yeah, ending that friendship, which was really hard. Yeah, and and it only ended because um, I, I, you know, people change, right? People go through things, they experience things, and sometimes um, experiences can change you for the better, and sometimes they can change you for the worse. And I think that that's yeah. what happened. Um, yeah. So that was one. Um, the other one that I that a toxic friendship that I cut off uh, was and I think I mentioned it on the show before was a person that, um, that I had, had sort of mentored and become a friend to. And, um, the friendship went bad. It went sour because she didn't like my opinion about certain things. Um, uh, she would ask me my opinion, but then when I would tell her, she wouldn't like it. Like, don't ask me if you don't want to know. <laughs> right. And it, it went left. It went completely left. And she uh, attempted and actually succeed. At the time, she succeeded. Like I was able to repair it later. But at the time, she succeeded in breaking um, a nearly how long was that friendship? It was like seventeen years. A seventeen-year friendship that I had with another person. She succeeded in breaking it, like smashing right. it to smithereens. And, uh, yeah, I had to cut her off. <laughs> and another yep. person who was friends with me and her saw the whole thing go down, knew that she had done wrong and still wanted to sort of, you know, not be, you know, not say, you know, right is right, right wrong is wrong. 
And I don't care if you don't take sides, but my thing is if you see something wrong happening and you can't speak up, I don't need you at my back. So I cut her off too. (laughs) Nice. That's good. We're going to talk in a little bit about um, how we cut people off and give some points on that. So keep that for later. Uh, Tawanda, are you out there? Can you tell us about a time that uh, you may have been in a toxic relationship? Uh, Who was that person? What happened? And I would like to know what you did to get away. (laughs) Toxic and me don't mix. I'm all about energy and good vibes. I haven't been in a toxic relationship. However, I've had toxic situations. Like, for example, my dad and I used to always get into it, and I would say, oh, oh, you're so negative. I got to get away from you. He really never understood what I really meant, but it's about energy. Like, right. like even when I was young, he would walk into the house. If he had a bad day, the whole house has to have had a bad day. Because Everybody he's going to be day. really yeah. mean. You know what I'm saying? And he gave out really bad energy at times, and I had to get the hell away. Like, that's just not what I do. I've had situations with, with friends and acquaintances to where they're, like, constantly always negative, always bickering, and I try to bring them back. But if I can't, I'm out of there. Simply because one right. thing, misery loves company, and I don't do that kind of company. So, no, after a couple minutes, it's over with. I'm out. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you know, um, I think I might have mentioned to you ladies before, my um, my biological mother is an alcoholic, and she is an extremely toxic, manipulative, very mean person, and I grew up with that um, and thinking that that was normal, which, of course, in turn made me into, you know, a marriage that was a toxic person and lots of relationships. And I'll be the first to admit that I've been the toxic person in a relationship. And it was never meant to be like that, but I would have so much shit going on with my mom, um, who was always intruding herself into my life, no matter how old I was. Um, And then that made me become this toxic person with all this drama and baggage I was carrying around. And so, you know, I feel bad because I wish I would have known then what I know now about, you know, let's try to respect other people and, and, and their time and their love and their affection um, because it, it's terrible when you have to hurt somebody like that, you know. And I definitely have grown a lot, and I know that I'm not a toxic um, person in any relationship. So at least I try not to be. What about you, Amanda? Um, yeah, I've been in a couple. Um, one was my best friend, and um, so she was always really negative, and, like, she she um, she hated when somebody would confide in me, and she'd freak out, like, if I didn't tell her right away and it came out later. Um, and then, like, most of my friends didn't like her at all. Um, and she would get really upset if we didn't hang out with her with our friends. And then kind of like what was the turning point was um, I left my marriage and um, she was going through a hard time too, but my ex-husband was also like stalking me. And so I was like, I really wasn't like emotionally available to her. And she just like lost her stuff and was like, you know, you're not a good friend, blah, 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 and, like, never even asked me about my divorce, and divorce is, like, a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it, that is, you know, we, that's the thing is, like, we talk about all the time of, of sur- surrounding ourselves with good people. Um, 
you know, this is something that you need to pay attention to because if somebody's draining you of all your, your light and your love and your energy, um, just, just not benefiting you or the relationship in any way, that's dragging two people down, you know, and we don't need that shit. So there's always opportunity for empowerment, strength, and growth. Uh, we have to be strong enough, and we have to be willing to change, and everybody needs to know that it is okay to walk away. Um, like I was just saying, you know, love can be, um, it can sometimes have a tendency to keep us tied to somebody or something who continues to hurt us. And we're mixing up, um, you know, loyalty and love in that case. You know, when you're surrounded by toxicity, whether it be your spouse or your family member or your boss, even at work, um, you, you're, you know, you're trusting this person. Uh, we're listening to them and we're absorbing everything that they're saying and doing, you know, and that energy, like, like Tawanda was talking about, that stuff gets absorbed and that's a real thing. You know, negativity brings negativity. And, and I think we've talked about the, you know, having that positivity, you know, and, and a good attitude about the future, it can really make a difference in life. So the obligation to stay loyal and love our family members or spouses can be an overwhelming false need because it's not actually a need. It's just something that we that has been created by this society that, you know, we think that we're supposed to stick around no matter what. Um, and, you know, of course, you you got to try. Obviously, all of us are going to try. But the problem is when you continuously try, but nothing changes and nothing will change. Um, you know, I would like to know. You, you've ever gotten to that point where enough was enough, um, where you just got to, you got to a moment in your life that you knew that everything had to change and you knew what you needed to do. So, Tawanda, I want to start with you. Did you ever get to a moment where enough was enough and you knew you needed to change and what was that change that you needed to make um, and how hard was that for you? Well, change is sometimes extremely hard, especially – like if you're comfortable in in a certain type of situation. So yeah, I've had situations in life to where I said, you know what, I'm so tired of sick and tired of this. And one was moving. I know, um, like with me, I lived at home with my parents for a long time, and then I really needed. I knew I needed my own place because I didn't want to follow their rules. I wasn't doing and being as productive as I needed to. I was super comfortable. I didn't really want to pay for my own place, but it got to a point to where I said one day, the definition of insanity is saying the same thing over and over, <laughs> and you're not doing anything different than getting the same results. And I knew that I wasn't crazy, so that was the time to where I had to move. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because when you're in a routine, when you're complacent, you're procrastinating, you don't really right. want change, but you don't really want it, you know what I'm saying? So, But when I yeah. finally, and, but what happened, I told someone about it. And that's the thing about accountability, right? It's one thing when you're doing yeah. it yourself, but when you tell, when you mess around, you tell somebody else about it. You gotta do it then, like you can't take it back, right? Um, and and that's why I like accountability opportunities. So yeah, I told someone about it, and then the next time I complained, she said, "Well, you said," and then I, it was over with. So that made me move on. So that's what helped me, and then I never looked back. Nice. All right, ladies, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to start with Kay to let us know when you had enough was enough and what happened. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Annie, and this is your trending news for August 16th. 
You've probably noticed the free Britney hashtag has been popping up on your social media feeds a lot lately, and here's why. Despite being one of the most famous celebrities on the planet, Britney Spears has almost no control over her life. This is because she's under a conservatorship that grants her father, James Spears, a.k.a. Jamie, control of almost everything she touches, including her money, her health, and her daily routine. Now, fans are petitioning the government and rallying support to free Britney as her next court date approaches. Now back to the show. Real Girlfriends Across America is on Patreon. Please follow us at patreon.com forward slash Real Girlfriends Across America. We strive to bring good content and we appreciate every show of support. Your donation could make a world of difference. Thank you for listening and all that you do. All right. Welcome back, ladies. So, Kay, why don't you tell me when you had enough? You mean a time when I've had enough or what would make me have enough? Just when no, a time that you got to that point where you just had enough and enough was enough and, and I wanna know that, that what made you reach that point and what did you do to get out of it? Did you suffer longer or did you just, you know, jump out? Let us know. Um well, I'm the kind of person that when I say that I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. It may not happen right away. It may take a couple years, but I'm gonna do it. Um so, and I and I I usually give people um I I I try to be a fair person. I'm not perfect, but I try to be a fair person. I like to give people fair warning, right? So I'll give one example, um, but I won't go very deep in the details. Um, something happened with my family, and I was I backstabbed isn't even the word for it because it was something that you just don't do to family. And I warned certain members of my family that if it happened again, they wouldn't, they would, they would just, I would just cut off contact with them. And uh, I would move to where they would not see me anymore. And they didn't believe me, I guess. And, um, and it happened again. (laughs) And I moved and I don't contact them anymore. And it took a while. It took about a year and a half for me to, you know, follow through on what I said. So maybe they didn't think that I was actually going to do it because it took a while. But like I said, like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, that's, it's amazing. And I'm proud of you for that because, you know, um, it took me a long time with, with my mother. Um, I don't really talk to her anymore. Uh, and I've tried so many times. Um, and for a while there, my, my grandfather was still alive and like she would keep him and withhold him from me if I didn't, you know, do as she wished. And so he passed away on Christmas Eve. So I've been free of that for quite about six, seven months now. Um, and it was crazy because on mother's day, I tried to reach out to her and, um, I was borrowing my sister's phone at the time because mine had smashed and I texted my mother and all I said was happy mother's day. That's it. And, um, I had given the phone back to my sister because of mine. I got a new one and like the next day or whatever. And I guess like 27 messages came in and they were just not, they were just my mother. She's an, can be a nasty person. And 
my my sister, she's my stepsister. She was just like, I can't, I can't believe like that you're, that's your mother saying those things to you, you know? And so I'm reminded by, you know, by those things that, that I am doing the right thing and I don't have an obligation to be miserable and to take shit just because somebody, you know, gave birth to me. It's, it's, it's about mutual respect for people and love and kindness, not, um, not putting manipulating people. Right. And, you know, it's interesting that you should say that, especially um, about your relationship with your mother, because I, I, I feel that I probably have a very similar relationship to my mother that you do with yours. And some people who have good relationships with their moms, or at least, you know, their moms are decent human beings, <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah. You know, and I've yeah. had to, like, there, I've had to actually, the scary thing about it is that, like, if you have a mom, who is vicious, but in a way that most people can't see. And most people don't believe you when you say it. And they try to, like, get you to fix it. But fixing it will only harm you more. Sometimes you have to distance yourself from those people, too. And I don't like doing that because it's not their fault. But if you keep on pushing me to somebody who will literally destroy me, then I can't be around you either. (laughs) Right. You know? Right. You know, like, well, I think I really feel like if somebody has a, a parent or a close family member that is trying to destroy them in some way, whether you understand it or not, don't try to push that person to fix the relationship because fixing that relationship could actually be extremely destructive. Right. You know, it's funny that, yeah, I, so um, there's this, this quote from the research I was doing online, and I just wanted to read it because it's, it's just kind of a descriptor. And it says, breaking away from a toxic relationship can feel like tearing at barbed wire with bare hands. The more you do it, the more it hurts. So for a while, you stop tearing until you realize it's not the tearing that's hurting you. It's the barbed wire, the relationship itself. And whether you tear at it or not, it won't stop cutting into you. Because reasonable, reasonable people, however strong or independent-minded they are, they can easily be drawn into thinking that if they could if they could have, would have, you know, if they can just find the switch or, or do less or do more or manage it or tweak it or fix it or, you know, if we could just, just get it right this time, um, we can fix it. But, but the hard truth is, is that the relationship's not going to be okay. Um, and mm-hmm. it probably hasn't been okay for a while. And right. it would have changed already if it was going to change, you know, and it's, gotta, it's a hard thing to, it's a hard pill, pill to swallow, you know. <laughs> right. So, Corinne, what what do you got? Um, what what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah. So, my last relationship, it was toxic, and I, I wasn't happy um, in the situation, which caused me to leave. And yeah, it was definitely hard um, because I had to obviously leave a relationship that I was in for uh, 13 years and start over. Um, so, it, and change states and, you know, leave my house because I had a, a house when I was in Georgia. Um, so I had to move to another state and just, you know, in that relationship and, you know, obviously cut off ties with that person and, um, you know, I lost friends and quote-unquote family um, in the process. But um, it was for the best because it definitely was a toxic situation or relationship. Right. So, you know, basically what, what it wraps up to being is that walking away isn't easy. Um, but what we have to remember is that walking away is always going to be brave. It's always strong and it is always okay. And I keep saying that, but it, the people need to know it is okay to walk away. I sound like a, like a poster, 
but um, it's always worth it. That's the most important part of it is that normally if you're in a situation where you're finding yourself like dying to get out of it, then it is going to be worth it to get out of it. Um, as right. hard as it may be, what are you afraid of? You're just afraid of the unknown. You know, I'm sure you've lived alone before. I'm, and I'm positive usually in these kind of situations, you probably will have more money when you're by yourself. Right. But remember, it will come with guilt. You're going to feel guilty and angry, and you're going to you're going to grieve over it and allow yourself to grieve. But mostly, you're you're grieving for what you thought you had. Um, you know, a lot of the hardest thing to do is let go of what could have been. So, Amanda, I'm curious: Have you ever you ever been guilty of that? You ever uh, stuck stuck around because you kept dreaming about of what could have been, but it never really was. Um, definitely. So my dad is just a terrible person and I tried most of my life to just make him proud of me and make him happy. Um, and then it got to a point actually where my husband was like, look, I love you, but I'm so tired of picking up the pieces every time it doesn't work out. And so, um, and I tried for 20 plus years to try and make him happy. And I finally yep. just decided it wasn't worth it. And I wrote him a 19 page letter and um, actually sent it to him and then decided that like the relationship door isn't closed, but he would have to be the one to open it if ever he wanted a relationship again. And then you're still going to have to be super careful when that, if that ever happens, because then you got to wonder what the hell he wants first. <laughs> In all reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am pretty sure that it's never going to happen, but I don't ever want to like hate him so much that like it eats away yeah. at me. So that's why I've just left the possibility open just in case. Okay. I absolutely agree. Yeah. We've got to keep our hearts open. Um Right. So One I want to go over these things real quick, and then I'm going to ask Yolanda the last question. But oh, always can, remember can your goal. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, one thing that I wanted to say that, I, that I've experienced, I don't know if other people have experienced this, is that people will try to, especially if these relationships are people, are, are people that society feels you should reconnect with or you should have a relationship with or you should – reconcile with you know the shoulds um they will try to guilt trip you like you might get outside pressure to fix those relationships i experienced that a lot and right um if that if that relationship <laughs> is abusive mentally emotionally psychologically i mean in any way abusive to you don't you don't have to listen to what other people say you do not have to reconcile that relationship don't listen to them because right. they're not the ones experiencing the abuse Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, that's the big thing, too, is like a lot of times, it, you know, these people are gaslighters and they try to make you feel crazy and you are not crazy. Just remember, you know, write stuff down. Um, you know, you're not crazy. There's there's just some evil out there. We got a battle, you know. So remember your end goal. Make your goals. Set your goals. Say, you know what, in a year from now, I want to have my own apartment in friggin Lodo or wherever hell you live. Um, and you're going to, and make that happen, you know, uh, focus something on the future. But like I said, make sure you grieve. Um, you're going to suffer through the reactions and the possible retaliation of the, of the toxic person, but it's going to be worth it in the end. They're probably going to be crueler than ever, but just make sure that you keep moving forward. Just let every hurtful 
word that they tell you and every moment that, that they hurt you in those in that time fuel your fire uh, for your new future, you know? So, Tawanda, is there anything you wanted to add? We only got about two minutes left. Or anybody else? <laughs> Okay, well, everybody went quiet on me. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all for calling in tonight and listening. I can't wait until my next time. Tomorrow we're going to have another great topic. Make sure you join us Sunday through Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Have a peaceful and prosperous night, my friends. Thank Good you. Night. Bye. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of The Real Girlfriends Across America. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're here Sunday through Thursday at 9 p.m. EDT time or 6 p.m. PDT time. Make sure you tune in on all of our platforms and that's anywhere where podcasts are being played. Make sure you visit us at www.realgirlfriend.org or on Instagram at realgirlfriend7 that's the number 7 Twitter at realgirlfriend7 or on our Facebook page at Real Girlfriends Across America we can't wait to chat with you next and until next time have a great and awesome day